Hello there, and welcome to the first episode of Adobo.io. Hi, my name is Knox, and I'm your host. This show is about software engineering culture and the people and stories that comes along with it. Hope you enjoy this episode. So for today's episode, I'm going to interview myself as a way of introducing the show and kicking this off. Let's go. So tell me about the young Knox. Where did you grow up and how did you get started in a career in software engineering? Sure, I'm Knox and I'm from a country called the Philippines. I grew up in a place known as Albay. It's famous for having the only volcano in the world with a perfect cone shape. It's an active volcano and regularly grumbles every four or six years. I now live in Singapore and before that spent a few years in Malaysia. About the young Knox, well, I grew up spending my youth playing computer games and thought I could make a career as a game developer. In college, I was a bit of an odd nerd, spending time understanding ray tracing and figuring out how to interact with VESA drivers and low-level programming while the rest of my classmates were learning Pascal and BASIC. I remember being amazed of a particular utility software called uh, Norton Commander. The way it was able to create a graphical or a pseudo-graphical user uh, experience, even though it's an entirely text-based screen application. And I did spend a considerable amount of time replicating that user experience in my junior years. From then on, I was hooked. I discovered the joys of the C programming language, and that was followed by object-oriented programming with C++. I was very fortunate to have early access to the internet as well. The school I went to were one of the first internet service providers in the region. I remember circa 1995, I guess. And the internet is not how it is now. It's basically a time-shared luxury and you need to quickly download how-to documents on disk and print it on a line printer, um, like an Epson LX300, if I remember correctly. And since Microsoft was expensive, this was also the time I was introduced to the wonders of the open-source BSD community and started with FreeBSD and OpenBSD operating systems. I was basically a free BSD diehard and only took up Linux when they started having better drivers and it exploded into the scene as a far more easier and maintainable Unix distribution. I remembered endless nights trying to make my desktop look cool with the Enlightenment project. The lead developer was called Rasterman, I think, and this was before Genome desktop became popular. I think I can go on and on reminiscing the early days. Those were good times. What are you up to these days? Tell me more about what you do. Well, I currently work as part of the technology and innovation department in the trade finance sector. I lead software development teams in building world-class global applications to support the business. I cover both technical architecture and organizational engineering, also known as DevOps to achieve true continuous improvement and continuous delivery. It might sound cliche, but it's much harder in practice than it looks. It's the hard work required to align the technical aspects of building software as well as effectively building a culture of engineering excellence around and across teams. 
Think of it as one part of a factory with various stations that assembles components based on business specifications. And, an, uh, and one part forming a band or coaching a basketball team where members are expected to be in sync and could read each other in real time and adapt as the situation, or in the case of the band, as the tempo changes. Been around for a while and work up and down the technology stack as well as in various roles and capacity in my hmm, almost two decades in this industry. This ranges from building web and mobile user applications or building monolithic and microservice apps. I've also worked in building container platforms and doubled with big data and machine learning to, to name a few. That's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. I want to talk about the experience as well as interview and learn from various people in the software engineering community. Stay tuned. And what does software engineering mean to you and where do you think it's headed? By definition, software engineering is the systematic application of engineering approaches and practices to the process of developing software. I do think it's more than that though. It's also about the cultural dynamics of people working together to create something useful and usable. I mean, you can build a particular software on your own, and everyone starts out that way. However, you can't avoid the interaction with people. At some point, that software will ultimately have users, or more often than not, grows beyond a one-man show if it's successful. At that point, engineering culture really matters. As to where it's headed, I think we're at the point where the barrier to building software is really, really low. You can start with any computer to learn how to develop apps, and the internet being the greatest equalizer of all. Regardless where you are or where you came from, you have access to a huge number of resources to learn from. This goes all the way to hosting servers as a means to run the apps you created and make it accessible to anyone with an internet connection. Cloud has virtually enabled anyone to become a software producer, as long as you have an idea and a means to codify that idea. Also, the number of hosting solutions varies from free to scale as big as you can afford. I think we are headed to another fundamental shift as the basics for developing software is now a given. As an engineering practice, the field of AI and machine learning is where the action is. Not the algorithms per se. Those are now also commoditized. Nowadays, if you have data, you can practically select algorithms to run on that data. And, and that means focusing more on the causality or, or the knowledge of what algorithm to apply for a particular use case and pick out the, the best ones that, that, that fits that criteria. This means you no longer really have to learn the, the deep mathematics um, involved in, in, in doing uh, machine learning. And this opens up to a whole new set of applications. Think of rapid scale automation, because now the game is how do you piece the solutions together to create 
exciting new applications. Let's talk about gear. Describe your first computer. Wow, that was a long time ago. If you count handheld consoles as a computer, then that would be a hand-me-down gaming watch with parachute. It was followed by a family computer which my grandmother gave me as a gift when she retired. I have fond memories of that day and the subsequent days and years that followed, playing long hours and glued to the TV whenever free time permits. So that was special. It's also a miracle I haven't totally destroyed my eyesight considering the insane amount of playtime I went through. In terms of a computer that you can program with, I had an Intel 386DX with a 1.4 floppy and 40 megabytes of disk space and a colored VGA monitor, I think. Before that, I used to hang out in the computer lab during my freshman college years to have access to a 286 with a large 5.25 floppy disk. Oh, the floppies. What gear do you use now? You can talk about your computer, software, or other gadgets that powers your day-to-day software engineering adventure. It's far more simplified and portable than what most people use, I think. I basically have a 2018 iPad Pro with a smartphone keyboard and an Apple Pencil as my main computer. And that covers probably 90% of what I need to do. This ranges from content consumption, content creation, and even office work. There's no native IDE on iOS yet, although rumors abound that Xcode is coming to the iPad OS. For the meantime, I use a basic Linux droplet from DigitalOcean and connect by the Blink iPad app with Tmux enabled when I feel the need to scratch an itch. My monkey brain is hardwired to BI commands and that's something on top of my list when it comes to an editor used for coding. At home, I have an old 27-inch iMac which has now been converted to a family desktop computer and is being used by everyone in the family. I use that when I need the screen real estate to view documents or if I need to use an IDE and code and see the output side by side at the same time. I use IntelliJ as my main ID for probably about a decade now. It just works, and it has first-class support for BI key bindings, so that's really cool. I mostly use an iPhone 10 for the occasional social media and when I need to call someone who is not on FaceTime. On the audio side, I alternate between a pair of Apple AirPod Pro and a Bose QC352. As you can tell, I am a big fan of noise cancelling. It helps me focus uh, whenever I need to zoom in on on, on something. On the non-tech side of gear, hmm, coffee is my jam and it powers me throughout the day. For that, I have an AeroPress Go and a Onesay Prezzo mini hand grinder and whatever random pouch of coffee bean is available. I would use a Kalita Wave as well when I'm home but the AeroPress and the Wednesday Presso are part of my everyday carry. For the occasional downtime, I would pick up my Fender Strat and attempt to improve my amateur guitarist skills. It's connected to a bunch of pedals I have collected over the years, which in turn connects to a 65 
Fender Princeton Reverb Reissue Amp. I can make some barely tolerable music with this. And I think that's about it. I'll talk more about gear that I use in future episodes. And last but not the least, who are your tech heroes? Or is there a book you would recommend to our listeners? Well, another great question. In terms of tech heroes, I think it varied over the years. On top of my head, one that persistently stood out until now is a guy called John Carmack. I'm such a huge fan since the Wolfstein, Doom, and Quake days. I followed his articles about game development until his venture into rockets and Oculus Rift virtual reality technology. That guy can go deep into the mathematics and science of shadows and machine optimizations. Really fascinated on the thought process and the passion for producing great code. On books, hmm... I would recommend the Punix Project as a great book to start and get ideas on how to go about doing continuous improvement and continuous delivery, or CICD. It was done like a novel uh, with really good jokes around software engineering process and the culture that surrounds it. Many times while reading the book, I find myself nodding like, yeah, I'd been there. So it's both fun and informative to read. And if you haven't done it yet, pick one up and have a go at it during the weekend. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. This silly self-interview is my way of breaking the ice. I'm really nervous to start this podcast. This is my first venture into this space, and I know I have a ton more to learn delivering something useful in this form. I do hope you have enjoyed listening to the show and gained some insight on what this show is all about. I look forward to making new content and excited on this new adventure. Alright, I'm still brainstorming the topic of the next episode, so please stay tuned. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Adobo.io. Oh, by the way, a short disclaimer. Opinions expressed here are entirely my own and does not represent my current employer.